Hello, and thanks for coming along to And We Have an Office Dog, the digital agency podcast where we talk to agency owner directors and learn more about what makes them tick. From the things that make them similar to the things they'd rather have known sooner, where they've had success, and where they've learned some hard lessons. All will be revealed with your host, Chris Simmons, the agency coach, and he'll be talking to a different awesome agency person in each episode, asking them four questions and seeing where the conversation takes us over the next 25 minutes. Okay, so let us begin. Over to you, Chris. Thanks, voiceover guy. And on the podcast today, we've got Carl from Revelancer. How are you doing, Carl? I'm doing very well. How are you? Too bad, thank you. Thanks for coming along. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. So for those who don't know of Revelancer, um, tell us all about you guys. What do you do? What are you famous for, shall we say? Sure. I don't know if we're if we're very famous yet, but we're we're trying to make an impact. Um, there you go. And what we're trying to make an impact in is the freelancing space because mm-hmm. for a long time I felt that the freelancing space is unfair to freelancers. And with Revelancer, our goal is to give freedom back to freelancers by um, just giving them, you know, more flexibility, um, uh, giving them more ownership over uh, their relationships with clients and how much money they take home because. A lot of freelancing solutions right now take a large commission fee when they connect freelancers with clients. Mm. So we're just all about making the world better for freelancers. And then in turn, by having happier freelancers, we have more satisfied clients as well. So would you say it's kind of, it's an it's an agency for freelancers to support agencies and businesses themselves as well? Um, I'm not sure if I would just describe it as an agency, but I suppose in, in a way it is. Um, it's mm. it's more of a kind of a platform because we have at at the moment nearly 17,000 freelancers um, on, on the platform. So I don't know. Um, I think an agency is probably going, going to be a bit more bespoke um, and personal mm. than, than that from the you know company side. Um, how long has yeah, the business been running? Uh, for about two years at this point. Nice. That's quite... So, so you, you started... Probably at the an ideal opportune opportune moment, given COVID and and the sudden sudden burst of freelancers that came into the into the space as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I like I say, I've been aware of the issues in this space for a lot longer than that. But I I saw what was happening in in the world mm. COVID mm. lockdowns. Saw the big platforms weren't adapting at all. So I thought now was an opportune time to do something mm. better. Nice one. So, what do you think's been one of the biggest successes uh, of running the business so far? Um, it's a good question. I suppose it it depends what exactly you define as a success. Uh, I, I'd say you know for for me, one big <clears throat> success is that it's the first time that I've secured um, outside investment. It's also the first time I, I tried the first project where that's something that I tried mm-hmm. doing. But we understand um, hit rate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Um, but we we secured venture capital backing um, in in the pre seed round, which is something that is is quite hard to do. So that was a combination of talking to the right people, luck, um, and just you know really trying to do our our best with what we can. And who would who would you say then over uh, since you've been building the the business? Who who who's the core customer? Obviously, there's two sides to it. One would be the freelancer, but who who's on the other side of that? Who typically um, engages with with their uh, revelancer? from a buyer's perspective 
Sure. So it's it's predominantly so small small to medium enterprises that have a need. Um, maybe they can't afford an agency, and they also can't afford to hire someone full time, so they hire a part time freelancer. Um, that's the number one client. But then the the uh, another kind of smaller cohort is of larger enterprise customers who want a team of freelancers to deliver a project um, for them. So essentially, almost creating their own temporary agency of freelancers to deliver yeah. the project. That's cool. Um, so if, if if you if you could go back, it's only two years or so. So hopefully you can cast your mind back with ease. If you go back a couple of years. Uh, to the point at which you were sort of um, building the business at the very beginning and knowing everything you know now, what would be one piece of advice you'd give yourself that would maybe spring you a bit further forwards more quickly? Um, I, I'd say do it a, kind of doing a lot more um, market research at the beginning. And by that, I mean speaking to customers. So going to freelancers and truly understanding their needs. Um, I, I, I think in many ways I got quite lucky because... I was freelancing myself. Um, I started freelancing at the age of 14 and um, did that for a couple of years. So I was quite aware of the issues that freelancers are facing. And I think that I, you know, there was luck involved in me guessing correctly and that this was a hit. But going, going back, you know, I think we could have gotten more things right, right from the get go. Uh, if we did a lot more kind of user interviews, speaking to customers and then using that to shape the product rather than thinking this is the right product and then trying to sell it to the audience. So side question, thinking thinking from the um from a digital agency's perspective, because often digital agencies will pick up freelancers from time to time when they need capacity issues or um when there's um a, a technical need that they can't fulfill internally but you know they want to deliver for a client on a larger scale. Um what's the what would you say would be like a key difference between the likes of um, uh, Revelancer or um, against the likes of Upwork or or um, uh, Fiverr or something like that? I'm not saying that there's, a, 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 you know, a, a, a direct um, competition there, but there's there seems to be a similarity in the in how the, how the, how it works. Is that true? Oh, ab- absolutely. I mean, we're also a freelancing platform, just like the other ones you, you mentioned. Mm. Um, we're just trying to uh, tweak certain things to, to make it better. So uh, if you're an agency, um, you know, that's looking to outsource to a freelancer and it's for an important client project, uh, I'd say in this day and age, it's probably a good chance you want to pop on a quick Zoom call just mm. to, you know, make sure you're on the same page. Um, yeah. You can't do that on any other freelancing platform. And the reason you can't do that is because these large freelancing platforms typically rely, uh, their revenue relies on taking a commission fee. So they'll take about 20% of the freelancer's earnings. And if you can hop on a Zoom call with the freelancer, you could very easily agree to sort of, you know, pay in a different way. You pay less, they get more. You know, you pay 10% yeah. less, they get 10% more, some, something like that. Mm. Um, and then the platform loses out. So they have to um, stop that. Lock it down. Yeah. Yeah. So, so are you charging like a subscription fee or a membership fee then from that perspective? Exactly. So with zero commissions, we have an optional monthly subscription fee. Um, and because we don't rely on commission fees, we can and do allow video calling and exchanging of emails and whatever to, to take place. Nice. That's pretty cool. Um, so if you if you were to go, um, like I say, go, going back in time, you give yourself uh, that, that bit of advice. Do you think... Do you think that you would have had the time to to do 
the additional bit of market research? Because I know that when you're starting a new business, it's really exciting. Obviously, um, you were in the space yourself, so you were essentially a a, a member of your market research panel. <laughs> um, what would would you have would you have had the time, or would you have been able to to um, uh, to, to, to to make many changes get, based on feedback? Um, well, I mean, you know, seeing as where we are now and the journey so far, I, I can't sort of sit here and complain too much. I, I think we've we've done quite well. Um, I think it's a com- combination of getting things right, talking to the right people, and and luck is obviously a component too. Mm. Um, but yes, I, I do absolutely think there would have been time because doing that kind of thing at the beginning saves so much time down the road because then you're not yeah. sort of tweaking your product constantly, trying to get it to work mm. for your audience. Um, you'll kind of have the right answers up front in, in that case. So yeah, it's just um, shifting where you spend time. And and over the last couple of years then, what do you think there's something that you've kind of, you did early on and you went, oh no, we're going to stop that immediately. That isn't working. Oh, lots, lots of things. I mean, at, at, at the beginning, we wanted to, uh, at the beginning, um, I was thinking we should monetize by charging a lower commission fee than is the you know the industry average, so like ten percent instead of twenty percent. Mm. But quite quickly we figured out that's just a, a you know kind of a silly idea because we're shooting ourselves in the foot because we're generating less revenue than we could have otherwise. And for freelancers, I mean, you know, yeah, okay, you get a tiny bit more, but it still leads to other issues like. Um, you know, like the off-platform communication being restricted and so on. So yeah. it, it was silly um, and we yeah. moved away from that. And it is a differentiator, realistically, between quite a lot of the other um, the other um, comp- competing uh, um, businesses there. What do you think something then, conversely, that you did almost perfectly on day one that's, that you think has really kind of set you up for long-term future success? Um, speaking to people who have done things before that I haven't, I've, I did that from the beginning. So, you know, when it came to fundraising, I didn't know what I was doing. So I spoke to people who had successfully fundraised or who had invested in other companies and to figure out what, you know, what, what should I be doing? Um, or when it comes to, to pitching or, um, to marketing or to whatever, I, I always reach out to people who have done it before. Um, like for example, one of our advisors, in fact, our first advisor who's been there from, you know, about two months into the business is Matt Brady, and he's the founding chief marketing officer of Just Eat. And obviously his insights um, are extremely valuable um, from from that experience. And in a few good meetings, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so um, I'd say that's something which, which I, I think we've done very well and, you know, we'll continue to always um, be humble and talk to people who know better and then really learn from their experiences what's the what's the the, the future look like for for the for the business what where do you want to where do you want to aim where are you pointing in the in the in the distance um well to permanently change the freelancing industry for the better because i think right now it's broken um freelancers are being disadvantaged because of that clients are struggling as well to get quality work so um, we want to fix that by, um, you know, improving things for freelancers and then ultimately improving things for for clients as well. So mm-hmm. uh, wh- whether that's making so much noise that other platforms are forced to copy our ways, you know, that's a win. Forced to buy us out, that's a win. Or be, we become a, a dominant player in the space, um, you know, what one of the largest players. And, and then mm-hmm. again, that's a win. So one of those options. That's awesome. 
So if you if if someone's listening right now and they're thinking not of starting a competing business, of course, but thinking of starting an agency or starting um, a business of their own, uh, which aims to fix something, because everyone starts a business hopefully to try and it, it to try and change something that they didn't like in the first place. Um, what one piece of advice do you think you could give them that they could take away uh, and 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 thank you for later? Um, well, yeah, I mean, it's it's cliche, but it really is the most important thing. And that's just being persistent and not letting failure really bother you, you know, because if, mm-hmm. if you fa- if you fail at something, which you will, I mean, I failed at most of the things that I've tried. Um, as long as you learn from from that thing, then you're failing forward, because then the next time you try, the chance of you failing is lower and you're going to know, you know, kind of much better. It, it, it takes the I once heard that it takes the average self-made millionaire 12 attempts to you know, get their their um their hit. And the the, av- the av- it went, I'd love to see that data. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to dig it out. Um, sure. the, the thing that I heard is is that the average self made millionaire has seven income streams, which is quite quite interesting too. Okay, I've got a long way to go. <laughs> but um, no, I mean regardless. So it's really important to fail forward. And, and actually really to embrace failure. I'm very thankful that I failed at a lot of different things because if I would have been lucky and gotten it right the first time, which is mm. always a possibility, then I wouldn't have learned anything and I wouldn't have been able to recreate that. So uh, uh, absolutely. And I, th- I, I you know, spot on, to- totally agree. Um, I think uh, failure is a big part of learning um, and resilience is absolute requirement in order to fail forwards you know if you don't have a, a good amount of resilience towards failure especially in business it it can um it will traumatize you to the point where you don't go and take the next step when an opportunity uh, presents itself or you don't see the next opportunity or uh, you know you take take the next opportunity a little bit less risk uh, a little bit more risk free uh, uh, to avoid the, the the personal feeling of damage at the end. So no, um, it is good advice, and 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 it it sounds cliche, but not the way you put it. So keep giving it out. Sure. <laughs> Thanks so much for coming on the podcast, Carl. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And in our next episode, we'll be speaking with another agency leader to hear about their story and the lessons they've learned along the way. And thanks very much, everyone, for listening. (laughs) 